Good day, good day. It's Thursday. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm feeling good because it is Thursday. I got a ton of shit to do, but it's lunchtime-ish. <laughs> and I just, I'm just, it's just fried. Um, but it's all good. There's, there's plenty to be done and I'll have plenty of time to do it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited because we're getting close to, getting close to Friday. We're going to sit down with the realtor and, uh, hopefully figure out some stuff. Oh, it's like, I'm so impatient. I just want to like, I want it all to be done in like in a weekend. <laughs> I'm setting myself up for great disappointment because it's obviously not going to take a weekend. And my, and I also realize the unrealistic expectations I have for, for getting things done by June 15th. But that's, that's maybe not necessarily unrealistic because there's, you know the 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 housing market's not great. The inventory's been down, but man, it's it's stuff is stuff is sprouting up. Yeah, and stuff leaves every day. It's a lot of things are only there for you know a day or two, three days maybe. But it's a hell of a lot better. I mean, if you go back to I don't know March, even April, even a month ago, there were maybe like a dozen listings, and maybe three or four of those were reasonably like decent you know not in a crappy not in one of the crappy neighborhoods not uh you know not a fixer-upper like not a you know not a little condo kind of thing i don't want that it's enough um but like uh, you know real good and now there's like there's dozens and i know it's this is getting into may uh, you know, May and June is when we start to get into people selling their house season. And uh, in the summer, you know, just traditionally there should be, starting about now, there should be an increase in inventory because, I mean, a lot of people, yeah, people aren't moving in February. It's cold. It's winter. It's like, eh, kids are in the middle of school. Like, if people are going to move, they want to wait for the school year to be done. And la- large amounts of people. And it's the uh, summer. It's certainly it's easier to move in the summer, uh, you know. If you if you don't have to like shovel a a path to your door uh, to get a moving truck up there and 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 go out in the you know ten degree weather with a wind chill of negative something, you know. Yeah, who would want to move in January, Mark? I mean, if you have to, you have to. But most people wait until the warm weather in the end of the school year. And I think now we're seeing people who are saying to themselves, okay, we're going to move. And the school year is over in a month. So if we list our house now and uh, we make sure that it closes no sooner uh, than the end of school so we can finish up the school year and then get out of here and sell the house. So that's what it, that's really what it's looking like. You know, stuff doesn't last you look at the the realist Zillow and Realtor and all the things and the stuff. You know it doesn't it doesn't last. Shit that I was looking at Sunday and Monday. Obviously, you know there's a bunch of it. Some of it's still there, but a lot of it is just gone, gone, gone. Um. But uh, did I mention the Ted Williams house? I may have talked about that. <laughs> I, I think I did. I don't know. I can't remember. I've talked to so many people about it. I, you know, I, I told my family about it and it's like, you know, it's, it's a, you, you, the price is just like, eh. but here's the thing about the Ted Williams house. And it's called the Ted Williams house because for some reason, Ted Williams 
used to spend his off season in Nashua <laughs> and he had a house here and that house is on the market. And a month ago, that house, I think it showed up around maybe mid to late March and it showed up for a very hefty sum of money. It's still a very hefty sum of money, but it has come down. It's one of the, like, you don't see this too much these days where you see a price drop on a house. You will look at it and you will see price increases. And now you're seeing price drop. And this was a significant, uh, probably, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy how much it's come down. It's actually kind of crazy. Uh, it's, I mean, it's come, it's come down by a lot, a lot. <laughs> Uh, but it's great. It has, you know, it's huge. It's you know, whatever. It's a big, nice big yard. Um, it's not something you get in a, in many cities. And although Nashua has spots that very much, it's very much suburban, uh, and all that stuff, it still is technically it's a city. And so there are a lot of houses that are very close together and they have, they have yards. Um, but they're not huge. And every once in a while, there's something that pops up that does have a lot of property. And this Ted Williams house, maybe I might be repeating myself. I have no idea. I have no idea what I've said to the podcast, what I've said to – I can't keep it all straight. But before I even knew – and I've I've had extraordinary interest in this house for like the last two months. I only just a couple of days ago saw (laughs) – reading the description – I somehow missed the part where it was Ted Williams off season residence. I don't really give a shit. I, like I know Ted Williams was a baseball player. I know he played for the Red Sox. It's kind of, it would it'd be like a fun fact. Like, Hey, did you know Ted Williams was Ted Williams house once, you know, but like who, other than that, who cares? But the fun part about it would be me being able to say, Ted Williams took a dump here. And so did I. Ted Williams and I, both pooping on the same toilet, decades apart. <laughs> so anyway, uh, but it's great. And it's got, you know, the basement has wood paneling. I fucking, I know everybody hates wood pan. I love wood paneling. It's sentimental for me. I also just like it. I loved my grandparents' house. My, the den has, was covered in wood paneling and a brick fireplace. Is it wood paneling and brick in the basement was wood paneling and a nice fireplace. And yeah, this Ted Williams house has a, has a wood paneling all over the basement and it has, it has an office space. It's just like, ah, oh, it's ideal. It ain't going to happen. Uh, nobody's getting, nobody's getting too excited about it. A, the price is very high. B it's, you know, it's probably going to be gone by the time we can even do anything anyways. So not getting too worked up, but there's some great stuff. And it's like, okay, this is, this is really, uh, it's, it's looking pretty good. So we'll see what happens. More to come on that. We had Kimmy's birthday party last night, or birthday party, per- birthday dinner uh, at the Gibbet Hill Grill. I've been saying Gibbet Hill for a very long time, but it's Gibbet Hill, which I hate. It's like, ugh, why wouldn't you just go with Gibbet? Like gibbet sounds weird. Like giblets, it's weird. It's a weird name. Anyway, uh, yeah, it was. It's just every time we go there, and we basically go once a year. We've been going once a year since 2016. 
I found it in 2016. I was just looking up like nice, like country restaurant kind of things and found this place. It's like, okay, it's only 25 minutes away. Out in Groton or, or Groton. I think they call it Groton. I think that's what it's pronounced. Who knows? These fucking New England towns. Uh, and it's just, uh, yeah, like I said, you watch you know, the cows on the, in, the, in the pasture on the hillside. There's a big barn for weddings and events. And there's the, so there's the barn at Gibbet Hill where you can have your wedding reception and all that crap. And then there's the restaurant, which is, which is also formerly a barn refurbished and restored and re whatever with just beautiful lights and you know wood and the big fireplace and the uh, you know all that stuff and they just have oh my god the steaks are so great and just everything everything is like it's just that much better like french fries my oldest got the steak tips and uh didn't really like you get two sides didn't really like the any of the other sides so they were able to get double french fries like okay great and so we had a bunch of french fries and i just i bit into them like this is unlike any french fry i've ever taken it's just and every time we go it's like it's like the first time all over again like oh this is delicious oh my god this steak is unbelievable oh my god and i got i mean i got the real healthy sides mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese their macaroni and cheese is unbelievable i usually don't like when there's like the little uh, crispity sort of crumbs on the mac and cheese. I just want the mac and cheese. Except at this place, I love it. I love the crunchy. This is the only time that I really truly enjoy the crunchy on the mac and cheese because it's there's no burnt part. It's just perfect, and the taste is just it's unbelievable. It's like how do they do this? And we got some. We got some. We got falafel, which is it's like this doesn't taste like any falafel. It's just stuff that. Stuff that you can get anywhere, but it doesn't taste anything like this anywhere else. Even, you know, the crab dip is fantastic. It's like they, they have like grilled cheese bites that you can get. It's, it's a funny thing. Like at fancy restaurants, like grilled cheese bites are a, are a, are a frequent appetizer at like the at – least in, at least in New England at the higher end restaurants. Like a good old grilled cheese. <laughs> And they're delicious. They are. They're like out of this world. Nothing beats nothing beats my wife's grilled cheese. There's it's the most perfect thing. Oh, it's just perfection. Her grilled cheese and a bowl of tomato soup. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Anyway. Uh so yeah, we had a we had a great we had a great dinner. I even had a glass of wine. I took like two sips of that thing and I'm like, I'm, I'm like the room's spinning. Like I don't do this very often. Uh, several years without doing it at all, and then yeah, Thanksgiving had a little glass of wine. Regretted it. We couldn't even finish the bottle. I poured the bottle out like just a couple months ago, and uh, I don't know what I yeah had some. You've had some stuff here and there. Yeah, I had a beer up at the ski lodge. You know that's okay. And uh, and last night, yeah, had a glass of wine. And I usually, I used to think like, man, a glass of wine, it's like it's so, it's such a waste of money. Like a glass of wine that costs this much. I mean, and then like it's gonna be gone in two seconds. No, it was gone at the end of the meal. The waitress, I had a few drops left in it, and the waitress came back to take my glass. And I was like, bip, 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 bip. Uh, there's a few drops in there. That's the. <laughs> You know how much this glass of wine costs? Put it back down.
It's not that much, but it's still like, oof. I, I usually, these days, I typically get an ice water because I just don't want to pay for Beverages are where you get friggin' killed at these places. And Kimmy had some kind of cocktail with like pineapple. It was very pineapple-y. And it had like bourbon and it was very sweet. I had a sip of it. I got a little bit of pineapple and mostly just hard liquor. Like, whoa. And uh, well, she she enjoyed that. And uh, my youngest ordered a big piece of carrot cake. Oh, baby. It was good. And we all we all had spoons and forks and stuff and ate it. Um, yeah, it was just amazing. Steaks and starchy things and oh, just a, and just a great time. We just sat there and just laughed our asses. We just it was a really fun time and a fun evening, and we had a we had we had a good time. It was nice. It was really nice, and uh, yeah, I I look forward to it. And we're gonna go back in September because my youngest. We went there last September. This is usually only a May thing. And we figured, okay, we'll go in September to celebrate, like, every, we'll just, it's just everybody's birthday celebration, whatever. <laughs> and uh, and so now my youngest is like, well, I want to come back here for my birthday. I'm like, okay. And then we mentioned, like, well, you know, you could have, like, a joint birthday, you know, somewhere between September and October for both of my kids. And they said, uh, no, we'll just, uh, we'll, we'll each have our own birthday dinner. Thanks. Thanks for the input. Uh, appreciate the note. But we're gonna we're gonna go with two separate birthday celebrations at two separate restaurants or possibly the same restaurant, just two different occasions. I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> Life's short. Go get a good steak. <laughs> uh what else? I guess I guess that's that's all. I'm just um I'm just so impatient. I just wanna see. Like, I just want to see how this all go. I want to get this process underway. I want to get the fuck out of this apartment finally. I want to just be able to, like, I, I, years ago when we first moved here, and I told you about, I, I told you about stuff on the previous podcast. Like, I don't, no shame. I don't care. Like, I, yeah. I, I was able to accumulate a, a solid amount of uh, of debt after we moved to Florida and then North Carolina was a you know I, nothing set us back financially more than that that particular move um and that's what really just it just kind of yeah that and then it just dominoed down to everything else so it's like yeah you can't you know years later you're paying for stuff that it was like a small thing years ago so um so it was always one of those things, you know, you go back like four or five years ago and I'd be talking to a friend or something and I'd get a text and be like, one of my, one of my good friends, like he sent some kind of text and he was just like, he was asking how the new job was, how's Boston, all this stuff. Oh, it's great. Boston's a great city. It's blah, blah, blah. Everything's great. And he's like, good. Now, why don't you get the fuck out of that apartment and stop renting and go buy a house? I'm like, I'm like, God damn the, I I think people think that I'm as stupid as I look. Like, do you think I I hope that nobody sets foot in this apartment thinking like, oh, this is what they want to live in? Oh. This is just the way it goes <laughs> and the way it's been. Yeah. And and one of the big problems was like there's there's one neighborhood. 
where you can live and still have your kids go to the elementary school where my kids go to. There's literally one neighborhood. And it's a big neighborhood, but it's just one neighborhood in a very in a much larger city than that one neighborhood. There's 12 elementary schools. So it was like, well, at least we know that while we're living in this crappy apartment, our kids are going to go to their school. And now I have a fifth grader who in a month from now will no longer be a fifth grader and there's no longer a need to look in that one little neighborhood. And that's a big fucking deal. And, you know, and we, we made it pretty well known to the... Th- I said, if you want to be in a specific school, that limits our options considerably. Our options have always been limited by that. And it even in the best of times in the real estate market, there wasn't much to choose from in that neighborhood. Because, you know, people... People want, there's a handful of neighborhoods in Nashua that people want to live in because they have, unfortunately, not all elementary schools in the same city are created equal, which is a sad fucking state of affairs, but it's just, them's the facts. There's like three or four really good elementary schools, and we were fortunate that our kids go to one of them, and... If we had to, you know, try and, and so, so when you look in those, those three or four neighborhoods and it doesn't cover a very large radius, if that's, if you're just looking in one, you know, and everybody's wants in their own name, okay, we go to this elementary school and we want to stay here. We want to move to the, you know, there's some really, really desirable spots and, uh, there's some less desirable spots and I, you know, to, to move to the less desirable spots just for the sake of, of home ownership and, you know, have my kids not in their school. Uh, no, it just never made sense. It didn't work. And financially, as I mentioned, I'm like, I'm in the midst of like trying to, <laughs> trying to climb out of a hole. And I just want to, anytime anybody would say like, how come you don't live in a house? I'd be like, Oh, I wanted, I want, I've always wanted to say, Oh, why didn't I think of that? Oh, other than that's the whole reason we left New York and moved and did all this stuff because I wanted to be able to. And then it just, of course, like all things, it just blew, blew up in my face <laughs> in many different ways and many different times. And now we're finally at a place. Trust me, nobody in this family has just been sitting here saying, oh, I'm sure I'm glad we live in this tiny apartment. With one bathroom and no washing machine. Like, come on, man. And uh, it costs extra if you want to have a carport. Like, I I just, I'm just like, God, and people have that low an opinion of me? I mean, I understand if they do, but geez. Like, it's just like, it troubles me to think like, oh my God, people are sitting there saying like, I wonder why they love living in that apartment so much. Oh, we don't. Nobody, nobody in their right mind would. And it's a lovely little shoebox that we have. But my God, you know, uh, frankly, I I know I'm going to look back at this time and I am going to, I mean, I cherish this time because this is like my oldest kid started elementary school in this apartment. And finish elementary school when we lived in this apartment. And started middle school when we were in this apartment. And my youngest is going to finish elementary school while we're still in this apartment. Because um, no matter what, we'll still be living here until August 15th and hopefully not a minute past that. But it's tons of memories. 
And I frankly, there are things that I love. Having a little tiny space like this, like it really literally kept us close together. So we've had a lot of like family time just sitting at the table, you know, having dinner together and sitting on the couch together. And even if people weren't, you know, in the same room, everyone was pretty close by. There's, there's, a, there's a coziness to it. Like, and I'm not saying that to try and like trick myself into thinking that this is great. No, it's not great living in this small thing. But there are, there are things that I have enjoyed about it and, and just kind of, you know, and we've had enough room to be able to have our own personal space but also, you know, kind of be forced, <laughs> be forced into, you know, proximity together. Whereas if there was, you know, somebody was upstairs on one end of the doing something and one's in the basement and we don't know, it's like, you know, those are, those are little weird things, but it's like, oh, this is, it's just nice that I can, <laughs> there's like one of three places that my kids could be at any given time. And so we all, we all kind of know where, where everybody is. And it's, it's been, it's been nice in that regard. Um, yeah. Cause even when we lived in bigger places and people would be upstairs and downstairs, you didn't know where anybody was and you know, and, and this is a good time because people are going to want more personal space very, very soon. <laughs> and, and yeah, hopefully that's something that they will be getting very, very soon um, as we head into the teenage years. And uh, so, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, more to come on all of it, more to come on everything. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if anything's going to happen. I just don't know. I Listen, you hope for the best, you expect the worst. And, you know, you take what, uh, what comes your way, I guess. And so I'm, I'm expecting to be thoroughly disappointed in every aspect of this process. I thoroughly, I fully expect that, you know, somebody's going to look at me and be like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> even though your income is this, even though your DTI ratio is that, even though your credit score, I just keep thinking like, no, it's just going to be rejection. Uh, whether it's from a bank, whether it's from a, an offer on a house, I just, I'm, I'm fully, I'm embracing, I'm not embracing, I'm bracing for letdown, for rejection, for disappointment, uh, and hoping that that's, uh, there's little of that, if any. I want this to just, I, I, there's also a piece of me that's like, okay, come on, let's make this as smooth as possible. Like, get approved for what we need, find a couple of houses to look at, pick the one we like best, make an offer, offer accepted, and then on June 15th, hello, front desk, hello, uh, leasing center. Yes, I will not be. I know you've been spamming me with texts and emails and phone calls uh, because you're desperate to get people to stay here because everybody's moving out because you jacked up the fucking rates by... 600 to a thousand dollars a month for people who are already fucking struggling to get by and you think you can just fucking you know hold us upside down over the toilet and take the rest of the spare change that might be left but you can't and we're fucking out of here just like everyone else go fuck yourself and then we'll be fully out of here and then i can finally i have never left a google review of this place because i don't want it to somehow come back as a resident and impact me but oh man when that day comes when i no longer have any obligation to this apartment community and its corporate <laughs> overlords uh 
Oh my God. The reviews that I am going to leave, the one-star reviews, it's going to be something. It's really going to be something. I'll read them to you when I, when I leave them, but it's, it's not going to happen until I know that I'm free and clear of this place in every possible way. Uh, <laughs> I will say, though, and this this will be this is the only thing that gives it any stars. And I look, it's extreme. This place is actually quite nice where I live. We have two big pools in the summer. It's great. You can go swimming. There's tennis courts. There's basketball courts. There's two dog parks. Uh, there's a little uh, whatever you call it, a rumpus room. I don't know what you call it <laughs> that has like a you know there's a pool table and a ping pong table. Uh, there's, you know, you have secure package pickup and things like that. The Luxor one lockers, like you've probably seen, maybe you've seen Luxor one outside of like a Best Buy where you can do the store pickup and they'll put it in a locker, like the contact free kind of thing. And you enter a code and yeah, that's how we get, uh, any, any packages, which is kind of a pain in the ass because you have to go to the clubhouse, but it's also like, Hey, nobody's going to steal my, my parcels. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of nice stuff, uh, and it's and and the grounds are kept up really nicely. There's a beautiful pond. It's a very you know it's nice looking, I guess. Uh, and the maintenance staff is the best of any place that I have ever. I've I've rented a few different places, and the maintenance ranked from just abysmal, non-existent, abysmal to eh. Um. But these guys here, I've gotten to know them by name. I mean, I you know, figure if I'm gonna pay this much, I'm gonna call these fuckers to come replace every goddamn light bulb. Just any little tiny thing. I, I you know, we've got the automated locks. You know, you can have like A L E X A lock the door. You know, it's all it's a, you know nice like pretty good you know security kind of thing. Um. It, the bat, you know, but that little that little lock on the door needs batteries, and when the batteries get low, <laughs> I could just go get a double A battery out of the drawer, but I don't. I call maintenance, and they come over and they replace it with a battery. If they're gonna nickel and dime me to death, I'm gonna nickel and dime right back at you, fuckers. Um, but the maintenance is uh, day or night. It's like we've had. Uh, just I can't even count. I wish I had just kept a checklist. I mean, I guess I do have a checklist if I go onto my my online portal and look at all the <laughs> look at all the tickets that I've put in for just anything from plumbing stuff to electrical stuff to replacing this to fixing that leak to I mean new shower heads and a new new oven and new this and new faucets and just so many things and you know pest control. I mean just anything and everything. If there's a little pile of leaves that forms next to my car in my carport, I will put in a ticket and by the end of the day, somebody will come with a leaf blower or, or something and, and it's nice and clean. I mean, it's, it's incredible. And then beyond that, it sucks. So I will be, yeah, it will be, there'll be some bittersweetness to it, but it will be uh, like that song. It will be... <laughs> More sweet than bitter. Uh, anyway, it will be it will be a good it will be a good day when we when we pack up and move out of this place. Uh, no doubt about that. But a few things need to be done before we can get there, and that's really all I can think about. And maybe that's why I'm not as stressed lately. About I mean, it could be the it could be my my pills, my Wellbutrin. I feel like that's 
doing something positive. It's been two weeks, and it usually takes uh, a couple weeks for it to kick in. I feel like it's kicking in. I feel, I feel pretty good. Uh, what's this now? Oh, it's going to be on Monday now. The meeting's on Monday now. Okay. All right. Well, okay. All right. I guess that's the way it is. Um, but I also feel like now that I've, you know, I've, I've got something else for my, <laughs> for my head to worry about. And I'm no longer, now it's, now things have been reprioritized and it's like, oh, work's very important and I got to get this shit done and I got to, you know, tons of work to do. But uh, it's not as important as getting the fuck out of this place and getting into a house. So that's, that's, ocup- that's what's occupying my thoughts now. So I, you know, whether that's because of the, the meds or just the way it is. I don't know, though. In 2018, I tried to, to see what I could do as far as uh, going through the, the home buying process. And I just, yeah, I just wasn't, you know, I talked to a guy a few times and it really, I needed to get, I needed to do some things. There was, there was a lot more work to be done to get there. And now I've done that work and I've gotten there and, uh, and things, are, things are in good shape. But back in 2018, that just added more stress. I was trying to avoid the stress at work by like I'll I'll just do I'll just have I'll just add stress of like trying to find a house, and uh, it just it just added to it because it didn't <laughs> I think but that was because it didn't really work out. This time I feel I feel like we're in good shape here. I feel I feel good, you know. I got a I, I got a good feeling about it, but uh, I try not. Which you know we we know what we used to say here on the Birthday Boy podcast is positivity is for fucking assholes remember we used to say that it used to be it used to almost sound like a a show instead of just an asshole walking back and forth and talking into his phone this used to actually sound like something i think i used to listen to like this i would say like i this guy could this could be on the radio come on again you know I, i do the bumper music and i you know i've got the little it's produced you know i've i I, I, I don't just like start talking. I have my like, stuff planned out and bits and the Cliff family, the, all the whole thing. And now it's just me. It's just me and my phone. <laughs> but back in the day, if you were still, if you were a longtime listener, uh, yeah, I would end end the podcast and say positivity is for jerks, but kindness matters. Um, so I'm trying not to be too jerky and get too, uh, you know, I don't. I want to just. Like I said, low expectation. Hope for the best. Expect the worst. And and then I, you know, and then you know, you've got your your, your expectations are as low as they can be. Your hopes are high, and then you hope well, the reality falls somewhere in between those things, closer to the high hopes than the low expectations. But still, that's just that's been my approach. So I'm expecting nothing to happen. Uh you know, uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not one of those guys who believes in like, you know, people do like the secret and he's a, oh, Jim Carrey wrote himself a check for a million dollars and then he became a big time movie star. I was like, well, yeah. I mean, Jim Carrey didn't have to write that check. Jim Carrey was going to do just fine without writing a check. And like, he put it out into the universe, and that's the secret. Remember, Oprah used to have that secret. I worked at Barnes and Noble then when that secret came out, like 2006. Oh my God! Every every dumbass Oprah fan would come in and be like, "Do, do you?" Because there was a book and there was a DVD, and we couldn't keep it on the fucking shelves. 
And I remember this woman was almost in hysterics because we had both the book and the DVD. We had just gotten a, a new supply in, and she's like, I can't believe you have it. She was almost in tears. She's like, this, this book, this DVD, she's like, this is going to change everything. And I'm like, oh, oh, my. Oh, my. You, you think so? What's uh, And I'd be like, well, what is the secret? And she's like, you just have to read the book. I'm like, oh, for God's sakes, you don't even know what the secret is, do you? And by the way, the secret is like if you put the positive thoughts out into the universe, it's really just positive thinking and saying out loud, you know, I will get the job. I will graduate from college. I will buy the house. I will be able to go on this vacation. I will be able to do blah, 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 blah. So ideally, me putting out into the universe, and I, I used to joke with Kimmy because sometimes I'd be driving home from work or maybe driving to work or maybe at work, and I would just think like, oh, man, I really wish we would have spaghetti for dinner tonight and those homemade meatballs. And then I'd come home and Kimmy would be, ma- <laughs> Kimmy would be making spaghetti. Now, is it possible that maybe I saw, uh, you know, like a jar of sauce and like a box of like pasta and it seeped into my subconscious, and I thought, hmm, spaghetti would be nice, and she was just planning on doing that anyways. Yeah, that's probably more like it. But there's been many times where I've thought of something for dinner and said, ooh, I wish we would have this for dinner, and then voila, there it is. And I would tell her, I'd be like, oh, by the way, this spaghetti, A, it's delicious, and B, I secreted it into existence. And then she would get very mad. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so here we go. A little secret and let's see. Oprah's got all the answers, right? She always has. Uh, and that's why she's unleashed, uh, the greatness of Dr. Phil and Dr. Oz on us. And who knew that Dr. Oz would be the more dangerous of the two of those numbskulls. Thanks, Ope. And in 2006, she unleashed the secret. And my only wish is that I had written such a stupid book as the secret and gone on Oprah and been able to sell five zillion copies of it in like no time at all. And now you hear anybody talking about the secret these days? No, no, because the secret is there is no secret. It's sometimes it's just luck. Sometimes it's just chance. It's it's all of the things combined, right? Like you know, what isn't isn't opportunity uh, the combination of like preparation and luck? You know, like how many how many great musicians and singers, songwriters are you never going to hear of unless you go to, you know, local bars and stuff like there's plenty of it, plenty of them. It doesn't mean that they're worse than the people who have made it big. It just that's just the way it goes. And you hear it all the time when you hear like you hear comedians and you hear musicians and they're on, you know, they're big famous ones. And they talk about like, I just can't believe there's been so many people and they're still doing comedy and they're still touring uh, mu- musicians or whatever it is and they're so goddamn talented and I just can't I can't understand why you know they haven't they haven't gotten to that that next level. And then I think, well, you know, if you think you, they're so great, you could like take them on tour with you. These people you speak of, they might appreciate that. If they're so good, if they're even possibly better than you, oh, well that's why you're not taking them on tour because they might be better than you. I get it. We all got to keep our, secure our spot, don't we? 
we can feel bad for the people that haven't gotten a spot, but we're not going to do much to get them a spot because that could be my spot. You're not going to take my spot. That's my spot. Uh, so <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? I don't know. What am I talking about? Just blanked. Just blanked. Total, total blankness. Um, oh yeah, the secret. I mean, that's, that's just, it's so much of it is just luck. It's not like these people who are insanely talented musicians that haven't, you know, gotten the big break. Is it because they're doing something different or worse than somebody else? No, not necessarily. It's just sometimes people are in the right place at the right time. And oftentimes people have connections that others don't, you know, look at how many, look how many actors today are like the kids of somebody. You know, whether it's like Tom Hanks or just any any number of people who had like, I mean, you know, Nicolas Cage going to see that movie. It's like he's he's like, what, Francis Ford Coppola's nephew? Hey, that doesn't guarantee you're going to be a movie star, but it's certainly a, a leg up on the, any other schmo who's not the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola. So like, okay. Uh, but anyway. So, uh, yeah, so the secret was just like, if you speak something into out loud, you put it out into the universe, and it will come back to you tenfold. So if you say, I'm going to whatever, and then it comes back, I mean, it's basically just another, it's, there's nothing new about that. It's like, it's karma, it's like whatever, whatever kind of notion of like, you know, whatever you put out is whatever you're going to get back. It's the same shit. And somebody just... All that somebody did was rebrand the same ideas that have been around forever and they called it the secret and everybody's and then put it on Oprah. And you know how Oprah is. Oprah will take things that everybody knows about and she'll pretend like she discovered it. I still remember I saw an episode at my grandmother's house one time where Oprah went to Vermont. You would think that nobody had ever heard of the state of Vermont. She's telling everybody, look what I discovered. Vermont, Vermont. And the trees and mountains and the, like, yeah, okay. I think, you know, sure, not everybody knows about Vermont. And I know I lived in the state that was next door to Vermont. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, an, <laughs> an hour from Vermont state line, if even that. I get it. But also, like, you know, Oprah thinks she's, she's fucking Lewis and Clark over here. Oprah. <laughs> Lewis, and, Lewis and Winfrey. Discover, hey, I discovered Vermont, guys. And, uh, I mean, good for Vermont. I'm sure the tourism probably got it, saw it a little bump, maybe. Um, but that's what she does. So she would take this secret and pretend that she just discovered the secret and talk about how the secret was, uh, you know, her success and the things that she would, I speak into existence that which I, you know, okay. So anyways, with that said, I don't believe in it, but... Uh, June 15th, we will, <laughs> we'll be locked in. <laughs> we'll be locked in on a house June 15th. Uh, whatever, whatever needs to be done and have like the, you know, have the paperwork signed, contra all that good stuff, you know, down payment, blah, blah, blah. Everything's good. And we'll have, our house will be set to go by June 15th. And I don't care. I mean, Jesus Christ, if I can if I can move in on June 15th and still, you know, pay my mortgage and the last two months of this apart, I don't care. I'll do it. I don't give a fuck. Just as long as I'm goddamn. So, hello, universe. It's old Johnny boy here. Uh, 
need to find a house by June 15th. So you need to make that happen, please, universe, if you could, please. I'm secreting. I'm secreting this to you right now. So universe, if you could please, June 15th, that's the key day, universe. Uh, we need to be locked in by June 15th so that on June 15th, no later than June 15th, I can tell the wonderful people in the sales office, uh, yes, hi, this is my 60-day notice. Uh, my lease ends on August 15th, and we will be done with you forever. Thank you. Bye. And then I need to be in that house before August 15th. Let's call it, let's call it August 1st. By August 1st, I want to be able to, if that's, you know, if, if the closing is August 1st, no later than August 1st. So we need to have, we need to be locked in, signed, sealed, whatever, June 15th, closing August 1st, no later than. So I can give my notice June 15th. And ideally, universe, uh, just me secreting here some more. Let's be honest. I don't want this to drag out very long. If we could, uh, if we could even be just done with the whole thing by June 15th, you know, that would be a-okay, my man. So if you could just get me out of this place by August 15th and be in a place where I can give my 60-day notice by June 15th, universe, please, if you could, please, that would be great, and, uh, and then get to a place where, yeah, and then that's it. And then on August 15th, I leave the keys on the... Well, we don't even have keys anymore. It's a keypad, so there's no keys till I guess, my mailbox key, my storage unit key. All right, so we leave those keys. Take one last look at this empty fucking place. Close the door forever and never, ever, ever come back. So, universe, if you could, this is Johnny Boy secreting out into you that I would really like for all of these things to work out. So, again, to recap, universe, uh, whatever needs to be in place by June 15th to get a 60 days to give 60 days notice, I need that. And then whatever needs to be in place to to be closed and all, you know, locked in, signed, sealed, delivered, closed, done uh, by August 1st. Uh, those those are those are my minimum requirements. Uh, in addition to which, uh, two toilets. That's it. That's actually, those are the requirements. We sat down to come up with a list, and we came up with a, a long list. But uh, really, <laughs> it sounds bad, but the, it's like we just, just need two bathrooms. We've never had just one bathroom except for the last seven years, and it's a bit of a nightmare. It's a bit, it's a bit much as we have to coordinate like, okay, well, who's going to get up at 5.30 to take a shower? And then who's going to get up at 6 to take a shower? And then who's going to, you know, it's like, oh, my God. So, yeah. So, universe, I'm secreting this to you. If you could just make it so, uh, that would be really greatly appreciated. I'll even give you a, I'll even give you a shout-out on the old podcast, universe. By the way, the secret, I think, isn't that just called praying? That's just like you, you just... You know, you get on your knees and you just ask somebody somewhere that you can't see, but that you hope is listening to you, hey, can I have this, please? And you'd like to think that, uh, you know, when somebody's praying, it's for like, hey, <laughs> can we end world hunger perchance? 
could we maybe make things, you know, a little more equitable for everybody? Could everybody just get a, you know, maybe everyone get a piece of the pie? Could it, could we make it like, do kids have to get cancer? Like, I mean, does anybody, but really like at least some people like they kind of like, okay, yo, you've been a smoker for 40 years and you got lung cancer. I mean, it's not exactly a twist ending. These fucking kids, you can, you know, so <laughs> I don't know. And, and so that's why, you know, when, when you, when you hear people like asking Jesus, like to get me into a house, it's like, it sounds to me, it's just like, I, this is like, it's like asking Santa, Hey Jesus, I know you got a bunch of stuff going on, uh, the whole hunger thing and, uh, you know, the, the, the inequality and there's the country is divided right now and the world's kind of a messy place and you get the, you get the COVID thing and the Russia thing and there's a lot of bad shit, but you know, I really, um, I really, I just need a new car. Just need, I need a new car. So if you could make that happen, <laughs> well, Amen to that. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, so I'm not, I'm not, no, I don't, it's, it seems to me ridiculous. By the way, I mean, what kind of thing is that if, you know, he's, you know, whatever. The kids with cancer thing still seems to be a bit of an issue. And the, and the violence and the warring and the whole thing. So... Maybe it is because everybody's just asking for like a new car and a bigger house or something. I don't know. <laughs> In any event, uh, I do have to run. Um, so yes, I'm secreting that out. Universe, you, you've heard my demands. So please make it so. Oh boy, good times. We'll we'll keep fine. I mean, this is this is going to be the podcast. I mean, unless I unless I go to apply like in a couple of days from now and I just get shot down and they say don't ever come back here again, then that's the end of it. Otherwise, I'm hoping this is kind of the podcast for the summer. Is we're going to see how this thing all uh, all plays out. All right, gang, gotta go. Talk to you soon on the Birthday Boy Podcast. See you. Bye.